Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey everyone, you're about to listen to the latest episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast, a podcast we've been doing with your support for about the last four or five years, something like that. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support us. This week on the Patreon episode, we are talking about Gibson Custom Shop. We'll be diving a little bit into the kind of financial woes that Gibson are under at the moment and examining how that's affecting the guitars that they're putting out through the custom shop. If you want to hear it, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Ah, yes. Ah, so after an evening of some uh, technical hitches, we are back. And with Matt Knight sounding better than ever, it sounds like you're in the room, Matty. Oh, yeah, I'm there. I'm, I'm actually in the room. I'm with you. I wish you were. I wish you were, because... Can we trade you for... <laughs> wait for it. Joe oh, Branton. Hey. <laughs> Joe, you just go yes. and live in London. Matt, you move down here, and then, you know, all the good ones are together, and the bad ones out on his own. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so, um, so, this Poor week, Joe. I'm glad we're all in the uh, room, um, or virtually in the room, um, because, obviously... Oh, yeah. It's the Guitar Nerds quiz. It's uh, quiz it is, o'clock. It? It's quiz o'clock. Quizageddon. Keep going. Quizopoly. Keep going. Quiz to me. Quizial pursuit. Oh, that's good. Quiz Steen Aguilera. Oh, I like that one. It's that's a classic. good. Quiz Team Aguilera is a classic oh. pub quiz name. Yeah, is it? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Um, so Quizzing in the name of as he uh, as he won the last smart fellas. That's always my that's that's the name I try. And the push. quiz and the quizrius. Seven. He seven, just the movie seven. <laughs> As he won uh, the last quiz, I had to go back and check so I couldn't remember. Jay Cross yeah. uh, is this time's quiz master. That's right. Um, I'm really looking forward to all the Are rounds you? that you've prepared. Yeah. Yep. So what we got first? We've got general knowledge. Or yeah, general like, knowledge is in there. Yeah. What's what other rounds we got? Uh, we've also got. Um, uh, guess that Joe Branton quote. Okay, good. Um, we've got. Um, Guess which uh, pedal Matt Knight is talking about okay. from Wait. the clip that I play. And um, we've got a, a really special round where I read a chapter from a book 
and you tell me how good it was, and then I'll <laughs> give you quiz. I'll give you some points. Um, I think what you're saying is you haven't done the quiz. I haven't done the quiz. No, no. Been a bit, bit, bit busy. I've been very busy this week. Just a bit too busy in for the fairness, quiz. In fairness, we only remembered that it was the quiz last week. Yeah, and yeah. it's a whole week to write a yeah, quiz. That's not enough time to that, write that a is, good quiz. I mean. That is absolutely enough time to write. It's a quiz. maybe enough time to write a good quiz if you've got nothing else going on in your life. I Mark. mean, also you have to remember that I actually do quite a lot of work at you, work. You text me. I know wouldn't do it at work ever, but you text me this week specifically to say I'm too skint to do anything. I can't go out. Yeah, that's so true. I did. That would have been do a that. prime opportunity to write yeah, the quiz. Yeah, but then, but then Maddie and I went for a walk. It was really nice. I mean, you could walk. You could write while you walk. Not heard that song. We uh, write quiz while you walk. We can't do <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> we can't do the quiz next week either because we're going to the guitar show. Yeah, we're, next week we're at the Birmingham Birmingham, Birmingham guitar show, and we'll have uh, on the spot reporting. We won't have on the spot reporting. We'll we'll have a report from the guitar show. So the quiz, because of Jay Cross's laziness, is actually going to be in two weeks' time. Yes, and it maybe be, we'll yes. see. It better be a bloody good quiz. We'll see. Yes. it better be the best quiz but we've ever that, done with that, sound clips. And you've got to work out how we do that every time. Live. I do a quiz. It's great. Does that mean this week is a regular episode, Mark Packham? This week is a regular episode because. As well as that, we've got a lot of things to. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff. <laughs> Joe Branton trying to steer the ship. I know. Just, <laughs> you give him, you give him three days of sobriety, and he thinks he's bloody David Letterman. It's true, listeners. I have been sober for three days. I haven't drunk for three days, which is the first three days in six months. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Which is a bit of an annoying time to do it because see I was planning how it goes. I was planning to do like a Birmingham guitar show, sort of guitar report you from gonna, the bar. Were you going to try and find? someone different to have a booze off with it was, it was a Birmingham booze after, up basically. after you and Steve, Steve from yeah. 60 Cycle Hum had your uh, booze calamitous booze again yeah you were just going to try and fight try, were you just going to walk around you know how sometimes you see, at these, you see at these guitar shows people walking around with a guitar that says with a sign that's like this guitar's for sale come and make me an offer were you going to do that just walk around with a sign that said I'll out drink anyone. Come, come on in. Make me an offer, or just a guitar that he's. You know, we've got off one of the manufacturers to loan or something. But the sign says "Will trade for booze" on it. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I would probably trade a guitar. Yeah, that's how I'd well, imagine. not anymore. Not anymore. Because I am sober. Let's see. And how, ready for action. See how long this lasts. Talk about ready. You're less red, which is a good sign. Thanks, man. So, what are we podcasting about this week? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. Next, you're going to be like wearing a suit to turn up to these things. It's horrendous. Well, lots of interesting things. I'm glad you asked, Joe Branton, because we are going to be talking about Gibson's financial woes. Lots of uh, issues on the Gibson front that have come up this week. Obviously, we're not going to provide any interesting insight, but we'll probably just talk about you know the how the news article came out and uh, all the things all the things that people have said about it mm-hmm. uh, we can talk about that we're also going to talk about Gibson's solution to the problem the custom boogie van Les Pauls <laughs> so you know good stuff there we've also got new guitars from Wild Audio some amplification from Swart uh, new pedal from Dusky Electronics and everyone's favourite topic short scale she- uh, Spectre basses <laughs> just you know we're really digging the niche yeah, now it's, uh, it's good and fun. we'll also be taking uh, the rest of the remainder of the questions from last week where we did a question we will the first question this week week is phenomenal worth uh, worth sticking around for um so with that we should dive into a big old gibson hole shaped pile of <laughs> nude <laughs> calendar <laughs> good you did a new calendar didn't you I, I did do a new calendar once i yeah. really wish it was on the internet well, well deja vu 
Yeah. Well, maybe. It was uh, both cheeks, from what I can remember. Well, you know. Turn the other one. <laughs> Another so, cheek bites the dust. Oh, that's horrendous. <laughs> so, Gibson guitars. A topic that we've talked about many, many times. They're financial worries. But actually, um, what seems to have gone from kind of internet rumour has now been picked up by all the major news outlets. So, we're looking at Sky News. We're looking at... Um, Enemy. Enemy. Got Variety. It. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, the lots. Independent, I, indeed. <laughs> like there was there in the, was it in the Independent? It was in the Independent. Right, okay, yeah. fine. Um, so Jay Cross, I think you've got some uh, you got some deets there. You got the original story. Well, it, so this this all this all came out about a week ago when the Nashville Post, who one would expect is a relatively reliable source on yes. Gibson, being as they're probably next door, they posted something saying that it was that Gibson were running out of time. Now, I, I saw this and I kind of ignored it because it's the same the same old stuff that we've been hearing week after week, year after year, the same stuff that people write on the internet about Gibson all the time. The, they've got too much debt and the Les Paul is wrong and this, that and the other. And <laughs> Les Paul is well, wrong. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's what people have been saying for... People love to hate. Forever. And, and so I kind of just ignored it. Didn't really pay any any uh, any real mind to it. However, since all these other news agencies have been picking up on it, it does seem as though maybe there's something there. This is the first time it's actually felt like credible. I mean, yeah. uh, obviously, you know, people have come up with you know debt figures before and and things like that. But it's always been you know. Um, Bong Lord 420 on the gear page. Um, and hey. Yeah, sorry, Matty. I've this, just exposed this... your uh, handle there. The, the, the financial issues this time, I, I guess, are, are kind of backed up uh, by Gibson, by Bill Lawrence like, leaving the company after after six months. Who was the CFO, the uh, chief financial officer. Yeah, who joined the company and then six months later immediately jumped ship when he realised. So the, the, the gist of it to give, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably read one of these articles as they're everywhere. But the gist of it is that, um, that Gibson have six months uh, to, um, uh, until $375 million dollars um, worth of their uh, their their bank loans will be due, or their their bonds reach maturity. Yeah, we should say that we have no idea what we're talking about when it comes to financial no, stuff. We should preface no. any of this discussion with that. Um, I've got a degree in economics, and I don't know what's going on. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, from what I can gather, the reason this has come up is that there's been uh, like a report um, that's brought this all to light, um, and the report basically says that actually the guitar business is doing fine. The, the guitar business seems to be a profitable entity at the moment, um, which you know doesn't surprise me. They're kind of a heritage brand, and you know they they although we have kind of picked out a few models that we perhaps don't particularly like, and there's you know there's guitars that are eye-wateringly expensive that we're not sure how anyone can afford um the guitar biz apart from that the guitar you know the guitars are it's still a les paul they haven't done anything particularly crazy people are always going to want a, a traditional style les paul in some way there's always going to be an audience for that so i'm kind of not surprised that the guitar business is fine but what seems to have happened is a little while ago gibson i think have kind of tried to diversify their portfolio so you would protect yourself against the dip in the guitar market, for example, by not only selling guitars. So they've obviously gone, okay, we also need to get, you know, recording software and drums and consumer electronic products. You know, they own Onkyo and they own Tiac. Uh, who... Do you mean that the BB King signature turntables aren't selling? Uh, I mean, 
I'm not going to say that, Matty, but I suspect that might be uh, part of the issue. Yeah, because they also own Stanton, I think. They who, own Phillips as well? Uh, they actually don't anymore. Oh, There's really? something weird about that, and they sold some of it off, and oh, Onkyo's all tied up as part I of that. I think they owned something like the soundbar division of Phillips. Yeah, there was something, no, there was something weird. Phillips themselves. Yeah, um, so... Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, they own KRK as well, the monitors, you know, that were doing really, really well. I don't know how that's gone since Gibson have taken over. But essentially what the report says is that they haven't made the money back that they borrowed to buy these all these things. So, you know, diversifying has essentially been a kind of failure. Um, so interesting times. And I wouldn't like to speculate on what will happen next. Probably, and from doing a bit of reading on it today, but people who are much more of an expert than, than me on this, kind of say, look, Gibson are not going away. There's not going to not be Gibson guitars for you to purchase. Probably what will happen is that, you know, they'll work out a way to manage this debt. And I think they've bought in some sort of financial firm to like a some sort of investment bank to basically oversee this process. Mm. Um, and so they'll probably sort the debt out, when, whether that will be through, you know, changing the structure of the business or selling off the uh, non-guitar parts of the business, you know, the non-profitable parts of the business. There will probably still be Gibson, whether it will be under the current ownership, restructured, as I just mentioned, or whether they sell off the guitar um, division and someone else buys Gibson. You know, it's happened in the past, you know. Well, um, they bought Gibson in 1992 for what? Two million dollars. I think it was before that. I think it was 1989, and it was five million dollars. <laughs> I mean, that's a, crazy. No, it was a failing now. company at that point. Yeah, and it's a billion dollar a year company now. Exactly, exactly. And what people were saying was, they, from you know, again, reading some kind of expert stuff, is that if you've got a company that's turning over a billion dollars you don't really have a problem. What that means is that there definitely are parts of the business that you can restructure, sell off, or, you know, uh, fold and not spend any more money on that you'll be able to make that company profitable profitable again. You know, in the industry that you're in, if you're turning over, that they're in, if you're turning over a million dollars, it's not, dollars. A, sorry, a billion dollars, it's not that, one hundred billion dollars. Yeah, it's not that there's a fault in the industry. You can still make money there. It's that you need to restructure the company and somehow to service this debt, essentially. So yeah. I think there's two things here. This seems more credible than it ever has before. Yeah. Um, but secondly, I think there's a lot of scaremongering going around about, you know, you'll, you'll never be able to buy Gibson or if you buy Gibson now, you know, what happens six months down the line? What's my warranty? I, I think you don't need to worry about any of that at all because there's still going to be Gibson guitars um, in some way or another. And also Gibson have come up with the solution, uh, as you pointed out, to this entire problem. Indeed. With the... Well, this is the other bit of Gibson news. The Gibson Boogie Van Les yes. Paul. Custom yes. shop models. Um, so Annette, along with the, uh, what was the weird Star Trek one called? The Modern Flying V? Yeah, the Modern V. The Modern, um, v. The Modern v. v. That got officially announced this week, but we've talked about that enough already. The other guitar that was at CES uh, alongside that was this other custom shop model, the Boogie Van Les Paul. Joe Branton. Actually, what? Matt Knight has got the Oh, Matt, on this. What's, the, what's the rundown? Well... In the late 1970s, the custom van craze defined automotive culture in the same way that Gibson Les Paul custom defined the sound of rock music. And then they went, well, 40 years later, why don't we just make a guitar that looks like the A-Team van? Um, so basically, <laughs> a Les Paul custom in boogie van finishes, which I didn't actually know was a term in itself. I don't um, think... I don't. 
I don't think it is. I think it's just them trying to get away with not saying A team. Well, they've called one the A squad, which I thought was okay. Nice. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think Boogie Van is a thing. I think is it? like not think, yeah, in, definitely not in this country. Term, was A squad kind of the like... Channel Five version of the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The A squad. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, a seventies Les Paul um, custom. So uh, small, sort of thin seventies headstock. Uh, maple three-piece neck with a 70s volute, uh, rich light fretboard because obviously they're not using anything else at the moment. Um, apart from that, you're kind of a standard Les Paul custom, but they've gone for what they've called Super 74 pickups in the neck and the bridge, uh, so slightly more uh, overwound than usual. A classic uh, chrome, 70s sound. <laughs> yeah. A chrome poker chip selector switch with chrome... Um, dome knobs. pickup surrounds oh right yeah and uh yeah chrome all chrome knobs as well with these rather fetching 70s boogie van finishes so how uh, would you i actually think look how would you describe fantastic. how would you describe the boogie I, van finish how would you describe uh, it well it's sort three of three colors yeah in a sort of kind of like a funky straight kind of like line a funky then a flag. diagonal line yeah a bit like a flag I mean, it looks like the eighteen van. Yeah, yeah, is, is yeah, how you describe it. But it's the eighteen van. The eighteen van's two colours, isn't it? It's black and red. These have got like no, a third. No, it's not. No, no there's a brown in there. Oh, is there? The the the, the one that is has been doing the rounds of the black guitar with the grey top and the red stripe. Yep, that's what the eighteen van. Oh, is it? Okay, fine. Like. Yeah. So yeah. they actually come in five finishes. Uh, Stardust, which is silver, uh, blue, and red, like a royal blue, and then then kind of like Cardin- a cardinal red. Yeah, Cardinal Red. Superhero, which looks like... Superman. It's a red, yellow, and blue. Yeah, it's it's red, yellow, and blue, but it looks like a flag in the way they've put it on the... Well, the next one, Bell Bottom, which is black, red, and yellow, is the German flag. Right. Um, street Race, which is black, dark blue, and uh, light blue. Pardon and then me. the A Squad, which is chrome, red, and black. I think there's a fantastic. Yeah, they're a great selection of guitars. I mean, I wish they didn't come with the uh, five grand price tag. That's maybe slightly. Well, I mean, this is the other thing, isn't it? And it's something that we've talked about. And you know, talking about what Gibson could do to maybe bolster their guitar department even further is, you know, they're going to do these models. Yeah. And they spend so much time promoting them. Yeah. And you know, loads of press releases, and they're all over the, you know, the guitar forums and stuff. No one can actually afford them. No. So if this was, if they did this as an eighteen hundred pound model in, yes. in this finish, I think it would be very popular. I'd These be into look it. Cool, yeah. I'd be into it. I think it'd be super cool. Well, but the problem is that they've just priced so many people out of the market that I don't know. That well, only a super rich A team fan is going to <laughs> buy this. And that's no really one, no one who's market. really into the A team is super rich. You're the guys who are in the Mr. T. But, He'll probably get one. I mean, think about all the gold that he had. You know, he yeah. just trade some of that in for the uh, <laughs> Boogie Man. He must have got loads of money for doing that Snickers advert. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. Get some nuts. Yeah. What yeah. was that um, show that he was doing on Channel 5? Uh, World's Craziest Fools. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I think he, made, he obviously made a mint out of that. So, uh, World's Blankiest well, the, Blank. The guitar, itself, the guitar itself is only £500 more than a normal Gibson Les Paul custom right now. Yeah. But, I mean, because I think people say five thousand dollars, and in the UK you think, oh, that's loads of money. But actually, it's only the same price as a normal Les Paul custom. Sure, but I mean, does that not speak to how which much is, how is, expensive a Les Paul custom is at the moment? But then I think they've always been about three thousand pounds. No, been three thousand pounds for a long time. Les Paul customs have, I mean, other than a and can think a fifty-eight and a fifty-nine have been. I mean, even when I was working in a store two years ago, fifty-eight. 
standards were fifty eight four thousand. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. It just seems like a lot of money, and for for something that's so niche visually, you know, there's only going to be so many yeah, people no, that I want get, this guitar. Why not just put this on a studio or something, and you know, just have a kind of fun guitar that people can get behind? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering whether they're just taking branding exercises kind of a bit too far. Yeah, totally. In one, in one sense. Yeah, I mean that's um, that's kind of my. And this is a, a reason to put out a press release, I guess. You know, it's an expensive guitar with a, a kind of in inverted commas stupid finish. You know, because it's not a finish that's going to work for everyone. Um, I think if they just done the, if if it had black pickups around and normal like black knobs with the silver top i'd be like that's almost perfect um but it's just there's a bit too much chrome on it yeah there's a lot of chrome on it i guess it's to go with that kind of what they call the boogie van vibe boogie van that's hard to say that boogie van vibe great blues singer yeah boogie van vibe um so all in all, a bit of a strange week for Gibson because obviously, you know, there has been a kind of lot of press about their financial worries. And then if they could have time that they couldn't have picked a weirder time to really put the press release out for these Boogie Van Les Pauls. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if they put out a guitar that everyone universally loved at a price that everyone can afford, then maybe people go, well, yeah, they're having problems with their consumer division. You I mean, know, at least. But, then, but at least they're making great guitars that I can buy. And instead they've gone. They're having problems with their consumer division, and they're making really, really weird guitars that no one can afford. At least they didn't. At least this didn't happen at the time that they released that Swarovski Diamond SG. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. One, one thing I've just seen on their website because I was like, I was on their website looking at their current models, and one thing that definitely did make it to the press release, which is even weirder and more money. Is the year of the dog lesbian? Yeah, I've seen that. It's wait, wait. I don't know what this is. Year. What are you talking about? It's for the Chinese New Year, the year of the dog, Les Paul. Is it's that what like year we're in? Chrome, yeah. Oh, I like chrome dogs. red with I like all dogs. gold scratch plate, all gold hardware and gold inlays, um, which the Chinese symbols are themed around good luck and fortune, and it's in gloss crimson red. Yeah, I saw that. It's very... Oh my God, that is mental. It's pretty full on. There's like a huge inlay on the body, isn't there? Yeah, there's a huge inlay of a gold dog that's bolted down onto the front of the body. And the pit guard's not actually gold, it's just gold-coloured acrylic. Well, there we go. Plenty of good guitars. It's, I mean, it's, that's $7,000, so, you know, that's... What, what I don't understand is, at the custom shop end, they're doing stuff like that, which I kind of understand. You know, it's one-offs. They're not going to make that in the regular range. But then there's also really cool things that everyone would want to buy, which are like the Les Paul Juniors and Les Paul Specials they're doing, which look amazing. You know, the, you've got things like Shell Pink and, like, uh, you know, uh, an equivalent of, like, Surf Green and stuff on these really, really yeah. good double-cut Les Paul Specials. But they're still, like... Three thousand dollars, you know, and yeah, I'm I'm wondering whether we should actually do a a Patreon or a full episode on Gibson's Patreon. website right now because well, let's do that today. Let's do that today. Yeah. Why don't we do that? They've got mental stuff on the website right now that I've just I've not even seen a press release for or heard about, and I'm like, they've got neon coloured hollow body, well, like yeah. chambered Gibson Les Paul customs yeah. with EMGs, yeah. Oh, I, this happened. That that was released a couple of months ago. Absolute banger. Let's, um, I've let's, been pushing to get some of those in. 
Let's do that on the Patreon episode this week. Let's do a quick rundown of the get weird Gibson Custom Shop stuff that's available. Um, and it seems quite appropriate this week with all the news coming out. But yes. um, that's enough Gibson for now. We'll talk a bit more about that on Patreon. What I want to talk about now is the Wild Audio Blood Eagle. Jay Cross, I think you've got the details. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> the Wild Audio stuff comes from, of course, the man himself. Kim Wild, the singer of Kids in America. Yes. Okay. <laughs> And as we all know, Kim Wilde, big fan of Explorers, especially Matt Black uh, Explorers. No, this is, of course, uh, Zach Wilde. You donut, Mark. Sorry. It was a funny joke, though. It was a big joke. It was a great joke. Did. No, so um, this is carrying on in uh, the wide range of, uh, well, the I mean, increasing range of uh, Zach Wilde audio guitars. I am a massive fan of the previously released um, uh, Wild Audio Warhammer, specifically in Pelham Blue. Which- it, which is the uh, SG Flying V? Yeah, the SG yeah. top. Which flying was v originally? Didn't he do it? Didn't he have a Dean? No, it was Epiphone. It was Epiphone. Was it an Epiphone? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But this right. is better because this one's got like the the headstock is like a spear, and it's it's SG horns at the top, but more devilly, and then <laughs> more devilly, and then a flying V bottom, and it's it's a weird. It's still that sort of circle thing, but the circles are a bit more complicated. A bit concentric. Yeah, and, and it's Pelham Blue and Black. It what is more did you want with Matt Black EMGs? I mean, some of the names of some of these guitars are are just very, very mad. The thing that weirds me out about this, Barbarian. this, this range. Yeah, Barbarian Odin Grail is Odin, special, The yeah. Odin in Deathclaw Molasses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I've got I've got a quiz for you next week. It's called '90s WWE Wrestler or Zach Wild Guitar Finish <laughs> Odin Grail." Yeah, but the, but the thing is, actually, the price point of these they're not like entry level. Considering they look, they they've got that thing like uh, you know all those BC Rich. Like, do you remember when BC Rich did a guitar? that tuned at the bridge but they put a headstock on it anyway yes uh, those were, they didn't tune at the bridge they were called oh I can't remember you never tuned them you put the right. strings on and they just snapped into pitch right okay that's <laughs> mad terrible but you remember all those things like BC BC Rich make those sort of weird shapes because they're designed for a certain type of person normally playing speed loader that's in, what they were called right normally playing sort of in their bedroom you know, did, applying a lot of makeup and, and wearing criminal damage jeans, which, which is cool. Like, I but, think those are two different. You've you've just sullied two different right, demographics. Okay, whatever, whatever. But <laughs> anyway, they they had a certain thing, and I understood the market for the BC Riches. That's why they were two hundred pounds. The these these Zach Wild guitars are a thousand dollars. Well, according to the according to the quite uh, according to the spec. press release, according to the Music Radar press release, these are going to be sixteen four nine dollars, which is more than what it says on the website. So, just to give a, a bit of a rundown on these, they are Explorer esque, although um, a, a little bit more pointy in one way, Definitely. and actually quite quite subtle on the other way. I, I believe it or not, I actually quite like this. I'm not into the um, so there's there's one that they've released which is in a matte black with what looks like a a, a gold binding. It's got kind of the aesthetics of a um, an eclipse. It's, like it's, a- it's like it looks like a, a an ESP matte black eclipse. That that those sort of aesthetics um, block inlays, eighty one eighty fives, hard tail. Um, I, I actually think it looks quite nice. It's it, sort, it sort of got the body shape of that. Um, 
What was that Kirk Hammett? No. What's the other fella? Hetfield. James Hetfield explorer thing that ESP did that wasn't it, sli- it was slightly off yeah. set yeah. from a regular yeah. explorer. Yeah, and it this like I think maybe is slightly offset as well, very slightly. But um, the, the colours aren't really for me. The matte black, it, I'm not hugely into. And the other finish that they've done is called Nordic Ice, which is a a, a, tr- like a, a, a maple trans. Cap. Uh, yeah, it's like a flame maple in a sort of trans green with black sunburst kind of. Um, and those finishes aren't particularly for me, but I I quite like the shape of these, the guitar. These look and really premium. The headstock I think looks really nice yeah. as well, which is something you don't often get with more metal oriented orientated guitars. I think that I think they're really nice. It's definitely for me the nicest of the um, of the uh, the Wild Audio catalog because yeah. a lot of them are kind of statement pieces, um, and I guess this is to a certain degree, but. It's it, it's following a similar shape to something that we would all consider fairly traditional in a in a slightly avant garde way, perhaps. I agree. Um, I think it's I, a bit I more really tasteful. I really like it. I really like it. I, the problem for me would be the EMGs. I'm just never going to play guitar with eighty one eighty fives. Is has everything from Wild Audio got those? It does look like it. Yeah. yeah. Just having a quick look through, it it does look like they do. They're which, nice, like matte black EMGs as well. I think they look. Re- these guitars look really premium. He's taken sort of quite a weird thing, this avant garde shape, which is normally quite budget, and made them premium, which is quite cool. Everything yeah. about the spec is good. I love the oversized block inlays. I don't. Oh, yeah. Are, I, I don't. I, I'm just oh, like, you don't like those. I'm just like, have you decided that you can't use that much rosewood? So, like, to get some <laughs> side piece, you've like, I like the, uh, most of the frets in. The finish on the neck as well. I like that they have uh, the back of the headstock and the and the body because they're all uh, they're all through neck. Um, so it's it's nice that the is it through neck? Uh, oh, it it might be it glued neck. It might be glued neck. Yeah. Uh, it's nice that the finish kind of runs right up the the heel and then moves to just sort of a uh, a plain maple for the whole neck. It just looks. Very premium, very the, well done. Nice the, attention to detail. The design is very, very well done. Like you say, like there's different uh, you, when when you're moving from a brand as an artist, you could go very, very wrong. And to well, be honest, I think the ones that are more or less pool shaped are nowhere near as nice as this because they are they do just look like a Zach Wild Les Paul, but hmm. like someone's just kind of like melted the top horn a little bit. Whereas yeah. this. You know, it's almost taken a pretty unique approach on the Explorer shape. You know, yeah. There's a few things yeah. on there that set it apart, like the bevel top and things like that. It just puts it far enough away from a regular Explorer that you're not kind of going, oh, that's just a real bad take on an Explorer shape. Yeah, it's I agree. It's just got some unique bits to it. I think it looks it looks really nice. The uh, the logo is just a, a, a rather subtle W, which I think looks quite nice. Yeah, that's the other thing. With these kind of, uh, you know, people stepping away. It could be his whole signature. Completely, like which is just, it's, it's too much. I, I really like this I think it's a cool looking guitar it's something interesting it's something different uh, it's made in uh, made in uh, South Korea um, not North Korea not North Korea okay. no it's made in South Korea and uh, yeah all in all I'm I'm keen to see one of these in the flesh um, I think it's a, a an interesting looking guitar and I, you know you, you talk about the money but to a certain degree that's how much a company a new company like this needs to charge to make absolutely. guitars oh, of, of a decent I did, quality. I did get to see one of these in the flesh. Actually. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, Joss Allen bought one for about five minutes and uh, and brought it into to, to work when he worked with me rather than the competitor. But, I thought yeah. what one of these explorers? Not not one of these, but as in a wild audio. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, it was. He bought the. I think there's like a a, a normal SG model that they do 
I think that's the barbarian. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, they, for all intents and purposes, these seem very well built. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I mean, I, I can imagine they're uh, kind of in the same region as, you know, the Chapman Pro stuff and the Abassis are kind of in that sort of I don't money, think so, aren't they? Mate. I think the Abassis are. Oh, they make a money. Abassis are three and a half rand. Oh, right. Okay, that's fine. They're fine. proper. You, you, oh, oh, incidentally, whilst we're on it, well, even though it's not in the news, um, Abassi... Uh, launched about four hours ago um on their instagram they have just launched their online guitar builder oh, right. so, so go to abassi guitars and check that out i haven't i haven't seen it myself yet so i don't know what it includes but i love those builders can, they're always fun you can spec up your own abassi guitar on their website nice nice um a brand new amplifier from swart amplifier company um who's got the deets yeah, um, it's not something that we talk... Well, it's not brand we talk about a lot. Um, I've mentioned them a couple of times. They make some very cool vintage Tweedy kind of uh, amps known for the Atomic Space Tone, famously used by the guitar player that played with Katy Perry for a short amount of time. Um, I only know that because I remember researching and it was the only video available. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Super Space Tone was what they were known for, kind of very vintage Fender but with a with a modern take on it, I guess. So this one, their newest one, is a dual 6v6 or 6L6 power amp, 18 to 22 watt uh, amplifier, depending on which um, side you go for, um, with valve rectifier, valve-driven uh, um, reverb, and tube bias tremolo. So very three-dimensional, warm-sounding amp that comes in a 1x12 or 2x10 combo with uh, Al Nico ceramic Al Nico speakers. Uh, sorry, ceramic or Al Nico speakers. So yeah, it's kind of like the ultimate in vintage amplifiers, I guess. Do we know uh, money-wise? Uh, they're going to be about $2,000. And I, I remember there was only one store I remember seeing them in, and it was on Denmark Street, I believe, at the time. So it might be um, knocked down by now. And I did actually try one then, and, I, and I, I thought it was really, really good for a very vintage-feeling amplifier because... 
obviously all the uh, old fence stuff sounds amazing um but many people don't want to go out and gig it i mean you know they don't want to risk it on the road um i know my a friend of mine's got an old tremolux from 63 um and is even kind of scared to turn it on because he just doesn't want to have something go on it and then you know have to replace it and it's not all original so these are nice alternatives to people who obviously want to take that more kind of vintage feeling uh fender style amplifier out on the road with a little bit more boutique i guess i i have seen them a couple of times in the flesh and one thing that's uh really stuck out is the build quality on them um obviously hmm. they sound amazing and you know it's definitely worth going to check out some some demos and stuff but yeah the just the build quality is phenomenal on the Swartz stuff point point to point hand wired um yeah very limited dealer network i think especially in the uk i'm pretty sure they have our oh, code of music is the only place you can buy them for right in the uk um but yeah very limited build runs um you know small team of builders doing point to point hand wired tolex looks amazing they've got that real kind of 50s feel about them but they do a whole range of kind of small 5 watt combos great for recording on 5 watt heads uh, yeah all the way up to the kind of 22 and, and 40 watt uh, heads and combos nice nice always good to see new uh, boutique amplifiers on the market um, and Swartz stuff just design wise I think is some of the best looking out there absolutely mm. um, so a brand new boutique pedal the Dusky Electronics Mandorla Boost who's got the information uh, I'll talk about that one if you want. <coughs> uh, go on then. Yeah, so the uh, so it's it's pretty simple. I mean, it looks great. So the um, the uh, the Mandula uh, Boost. It's uh, it's based around uh, MOSFET transistors. It's kind of like a sixties um, treble booster inspired um, boost pedal. Not the most exciting things, but I think these look cool and uh, and it has the potential of, of sounding pretty cool. You can run it at nine or eighteen volts. Two controls, uh, more, which is obviously volume and meat <laughs> which how, much, is, how much meat do you want more meat <laughs> more meat and meat which is a which is a, a bass control so okay. uh, I, it sounds great in the uh, in the demo they've put out like an uh, official demo where the the pedal itself is laid out on a bed of nuts and so uh, it is <laughs> which is actually i can't would, work out the connection of why there's an almond on the front and then I don't know if Mandorla means almond. So someone Google some the word Mandorla and see yeah. what it brings up. But anyway, so um, I think, uh, yeah, in the video, certainly it sounds fantastic. I really want to get my hands on one and see what it's like. Yeah. Um, we've seen oh, a lot. Do you know what? Speaking of boost pedals, you know what I've been spending a lot of time with? The, um, yourself? The Lunar Stone, uh, the Lunar Stone min- Micro Boost. Oh, yes. Which is absolutely cracking. Yeah, I've not heard it yet. I was God, impressed. I love Luna Stone. I was impressed by those the total TODs. Yeah. Um, what does it stand for? The True Drive. True Overdrive. That's it. True Overdrive. I was going to say yeah. Total Overdrive. No, True Overdrive, and they do a one and a two, and they're gorgeous. Like there, there are pictures. Listeners, check them out. They're on our Instagram uh, at Guitar Nerds. Uh, but yeah, they, they they were really gorgeously laid out, simple white pedals with oversized jewel um, LEDs and like diagonally set. Uh, black uh, circular rotary controls yeah. really gorgeous pedals the the true overdrives but um yeah they've they've just released like a new line of uh, a couple of additional drives in like a sparkle blue and a sparkle red that have a bit more on them they're all like double drives and um and this boost pedal which which is cracking just a really simple like spark booster style just one control but a proper make good a pedal i think it sounds gorgeous like adds adds just the right amount of like low end with your sort of enhanced top end as as you boost it and and it's a 
they're very well built they're very good looking robust well built micro pedals so totally cool. cool worth a look yeah i'm up for that we should um should get one of those in well we've got the uh we've got, got the got the lunar stone on here that but also i'm interested in this mandorla um yeah boost jay what's the uh, what's the deal with the mandorla well the short answer is that <clears throat> the word mandorla is italian for almond ah okay um but there's a bit more to it than that in the uh and i just had to pull myself away from a bit of a uh, Wikipedia hole here in the uh, a mandorla is also uh, the frame that is used um, surround that's used uh, in Christian art a lot of the time surrounding uh, either the Virgin Mary or Jesus in old-timey art old-timey art yeah <laughs> just you know in the old times the old times yeah um, actually very quite interesting and uh I'll uh, I'll be going back to that one later. I will bookmark that page. It seems quite interesting. And I know absolutely nothing about that side of, I don't know, art. I mean, I don't really know a huge amount about about art, about bar either. (laughs) I actually know quite a lot about bar. I know nothing about art, but I know a lot about uh, bar. Yeah, I just, yeah. So it's the the frame around a religious figure uh, that makes that sort of pop art. It's pop art, basically. I I sort of think that the pedal is probably named after the almond rather than the um, you know. Well, considering there's Christian considering there's frame. considering there's an almond on the uh, on the pedal I and not a Virgin that, Mary, and it's yeah. not Virgin Mary, then I I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think you're probably correct. Also, yeah. it appears to be wearing a jetpack of some sort. Yeah, because no, it's being Virgin boosted. Mary would have looked better with a jetpack just going across the front of a pedal. Before we uh, stray down that path, maybe uh, let, you know. Let's yeah, not let's talk about blaspheme. stuff that's equally interesting. Well, um, let's talk about things that are equally <laughs> as ridiculous uh, as uh, Matt, the vision Matt has laid out. So, um, and something right up your street, Joe Branton. Do you? No, like no, 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 the, no. Whatever you're going to say, <laughs> the answer is no. Do you like Warwick? Are you small? Uh, or I'm just d- far away? <laughs> Warwick Davis. With that, Matt killed the podcast. I am small, and I like both Warwick bases and Warwick Davis. Well, there you go then, because Spectre, that company that looked just like Warwick, have uh, have released their new Bantam range of short-scale electric basses. So, um, short-scale basses are obviously normally something quite defined by traditional things you think of. You think of the SG bass, you think of the Gretsch Junior Jets, uh, you know, the, the, the Hoffner Mustang. violin basses, the Mustang bass, yes. All of these things, all of these short-scale basses, they're always traditional, but... If you're, you know, if if you like a um, a short scale bass, but you're more inclined towards a modern looking instrument, then uh, Spectre may well have the answer for you with these uh, with these Bantam instruments. So it's it's basically their their standard their popular Euro uh, shape, which is uh, popular I, by whose I, uh, I I believe it's not it's what what is it when it's made by Warwick? It's not the Corvette, it's the Streamer. Yes. Yeah. So the Streamer by Warwick, or if it's made by Spectre, it's uh, it's the Euro. Um, and uh, it, it, worth noting that this it's a Spectre shape. Spectre actually sold it to Warwick, um, so uh, so it is a, it is a Spectre shape first. But yes, essentially the same body shape, um, a a nice pair of active EMGs, um, which is something you don't normally get on a short scale bass. But but yeah, a nice easy quick thirty inches of. Uh, <laughs> Face neck, <laughs> for goodness' sake! So this is right up your street, isn't it? Because it's you know ridiculous modern bass, 
right. active pickups you love those yeah short scale no no it's, it's actually not on my street I, I, you I, could fit this into the overhead I, locker it's on a not plane. it's not Ooh. travel it's not travel it's not travel it's not travel so it's not something that Joe's I want interested my short scale instruments to be traditional my ridiculously long scale instruments to be modern and then I would accept either for a travel instrument okay <laughs> Okay, fine. So, what if this had a folding neck? If it had a folding neck, um, I, I, you would be peeling me off of the ceiling. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Well, I would be excited <laughs> with that excitement. Whilst, before you t- go, move away from this, whilst we're talking about the etymology of uh, of of words, okay, that's generally what etymology is. Completely, yes. Where, where I just, I, I was trying to figure out what bantam. Joe, uh, Bant- Joe Bantam, Bantam means Bo small, Bantam. doesn't it? Well, see, so I've heard of bantamweight, yep. obviously, which is the boxing category, but I just Googled what the word bantam actually is, and the the Google definition is a chicken of a small breed, Yeah, the cock of which is noted <laughs> for its aggression. <laughs> oh. It's an aggressive male chicken. Talking about aggressive cocks, let's do some questions from the Facebook group. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Branton, give us the jingle. Questions. Rob says, turkey for Christmas this year or beef? I don't understand why this is... I'd rather have a bantam. <laughs> I'd rather have an aggressive chicken. Um, why, is this, why is this a question? I don't know. Well, well, so last week we asked for questions about anything. So it yeah. could have been guitar related or it could have been anything else. Um, oh, Rob, okay. Rob this is a hangover. Uh, two and a half months past the uh, <laughs> the date to ask us. I mean, well, you could say that, or you could say nine and a half months, maybe, in, maybe early in uh, in preparation. That is fairly organised. I it have is. to say. In all seriousness, um, I would prefer. I mean, turkeys, obviously, for me. I'll speak as a meat eater. Well, Matt, are you still? Are you still? Are you vegetarian you now? Have you decided, baby? You what? Not roast. Not roast, baby. You're vegetarian still. Yeah. So this podcast is now two vegans, a vegetarian, and Mark Packham, Mark Packham. who today has decided he's giving up processed sugar. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not sure that we're a particularly solid barometer for discovering whether uh, whether chicken or beef, turkey or beef, is the right I thing mean, to have for dinner. Basically, if we were going to make a Christmas dinner that suited all of us, firstly there'd be no meat involved yeah. in the dinner. I'm also trying to eat a low-fat diet in okay. general, so that rules out a whole ton of stuff. Yeah. Plus for the puddings, no processed sugar. No processed sugar. Plus also, I don't drink booze, so yeah. booze would be off the table. No, booze would be on the table. No, no, no. But if we're saying one that works for all of us, right? Okay. Anyone got any allergies and that want to share? Well, I mean, uh, I'm allergic to Joe Branton. Yeah, I'm also. <laughs> yeah. So Joe Branton can't be there, which still doesn't help us with the food situation. But um, yeah, in all honesty, though, turkey. I mean. Jay, you used to eat meat, and Joe, you used to eat meat, and Matt, you've only just given up. Can we all agree that turkey is one of the worst meats? It's quite dry. It's so dry. Unless it's cooked, unless it's got bacon wrapped around it, then that adds to the juiciness of, of said turkey. I just think it's a waste of a dinner because everything else on the Christmas dinner is top. I, life, I do. I, I mean, I don't. <laughs> to be honest, I don't really remember because I've been. I haven't eaten meat for nearly half my life. For almost half my life, so pretty much my entire adult life, I've not. So, thinking back to when I was a child, I had more pressing things going on at Christmas, like presents, and, Pokemon, and Billy yeah, Bearham. and like. Tr- 
trying to catch them all. You know, it's difficult. It but is I, difficult. D- I don't remember being a big fan of turkey. It's but just, then also, you don't just want to have chicken, do you? Because you can have chicken whenever. But it's also why Boxing Day, the day after Christmas Day, is that's great. The turkey king, sandwiches, the best meal of the year. Turkey sandwich, yeah, because fantastic turkey, nice bit of white bread, butter, turkey. You like the cold turkey from the day before? That then, is a sandwich. And then the soaked bit of gravy bread. Ah, the, oh, the moist maker. The, the moist maker. Exactly. Yeah. But then on the side, you've got the hams. You've also got probably a load of crisps that you can have. Crisps? Yeah. <laughs> crisps? Just, like, just on the table, like breadsticks and all the, you know. Breadsticks? Yeah. In a sandwich? No, not in a sandwich. Oh, I'm just okay. saying on the side of the sandwich. Right, okay. You've also got things like crisps and breadsticks. Uh, do you use the breadsticks like chopsticks to I eat do. the sandwich? I do. I often do, yeah, yeah. That is how I <laughs> like to imbibe my Christmas dinner. Just right. a couple of breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should move on. Beef, beef for Christmas Day. Yeah, I mean, that's that something weird. I've never heard of. <laughs> we should go back to the original question. <laughs> beef on Christmas Day? No way. The, I... only, the only beef I have is with my family. <laughs> <We're> not, <laughs> we're, because they didn't buy yeah. Pokemon Red. Exactly, exactly. We're not eating that beef. That beef is to never be spoken about and buried far beneath the surface yeah. just to simmer over ever so slightly the towards the end of the day. The beef that we have is, is when someone inevitably cheats whilst playing Monopoly. Yeah, that is ultimate beef. Yeah. Ultimate beef. Um, Liam says, paint on guitars. Is the paint used on guitars now the same as in the 50s and 60s? Will today's guitars eventually be as old, weathered, cracked paint guitar or will today's guitars last all through normal use? Um, I should have really typed these up into a way that reads correctly. Wow. <laughs> but, um, I think what Liam's saying is will a guitar that you buy today uh, react in the same way that a guitar from the 50s or 60s would if you have it for the same length of time who wants to take this i guess uh-huh. the, the to jump in there real quick sorry matty i guess the the answer to this is it depends on what guitar you buy yeah. if you go and buy a uh standard strat a mexican guitar and have it for 50 years and use it normally and don't drop it uh, it won't end up looking like a guitar from 1954 does now because not because of the paint but because of the lacquer that is used so modern guitars in general have got a polyurethane lacquer which is a uh, much harder wearing much cheaper uh, material and also much less toxic material yeah. to use and we should say that's basically like a plastic it's- yeah completely and it just it it keeps a finished looking like it was the day that you bought it. Whereas, um, but that said, you do get guitars, so the higher-end Fenders and Gibsons and a lot of boutique builders will use nitrocellulose, which is, uh, first of all, really, really difficult to uh, to actually put on, to, to administer, to work with, to put onto a guitar, partly because it's, it's expensive, partly because it's just dangerous because yeah. of the process that you need to go through to actually get it onto the guitar um but if you buy a guitar that has that sort of uh lacquer on it it probably will end up looking like a guitar from 1954 does now that said are you going to be able to play it yeah will you be alive then? completely <laughs> this is this uh, we've talked about this before it's almost always my uh, question to people who are like yeah, I'm I'm only going to get a nitro guitar because, you know, after I've played it all the time, you know, I want it to I want it to look like an old guitar and it's like, mate, you're 60 years old, you know, you're not going to well, be playing. Well, I mean, even if even if you're not, you know, yeah. I, I want it to look like that now. You're, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'm buy too, a relic. Exactly. I'm too fickle. Like I will just I will just buy a new guitar next week and then 
Yeah, and then I'm never going to get that guitar to the stage where it looks all cool and relic. Yeah, so I guess the difference is in how the two materials were. You know, polyurethane, if you bump a guitar against something that's got polyurethane finish, it will crack and parts of it potentially will just fall off in large chunks. Whereas if you knock something that's got a nitrocellulose finish, it will dent into the finish and the finish will kind of stay on there. It won't chip off as such. Um, And... The difference in, you know, from playing, nitrocellulose will actually wear down. Like, you can wear it thinner. Whereas polyurethane, it doesn't do that. You can't wear no. it thinner as such because it's like a hard plastic. Um, so that's the that's the real difference. Um, and I guess it's, you know, the majority of guitars now are made with polyurethane, whereas in, you know, the 50s and 60s, they were made with nitrocellulose. So that's the main difference, really. I wonder if that is true, though. Like, all those Woolworths guitars, they probably weren't nitro were they well no they're and dan electros and stuff yeah i want i yeah i don't know actually i don't know so che- yeah cheap guitars i guess probably would have been a, like a plastic finish yeah whether it would have been polyurethane i don't know probably know, but, not but um, i don't know don't know. I mean, a lot of the time you see things like Dan Electro and they're just like painted wood, basically. There's not yeah. really a finish on yeah. there. So um, let's uh, move on. Stuart says, which batteries sound best? Matt Knight, have you got an answer for this one? <laughs> what? Uh, fully charged ones tend to sound best in general. Is there, a, uh, is there a brand or anything that people buy in the sort of nerdy pedal world if they're not using power um, supplies? No. No, but I did read something once that uh, a lot of techs who people have small pedal boards, like John 5, and he has three pedals and always powers them off a battery. They do put a fresh 9-volt battery in every night, despite the fact that they only use it for two hours and the batteries wouldn't run out within two hours. Because a fresh 9-volt battery, I think, from the factory usually measures at about 9.6. But after a couple of hours of use, it's generally under 9 so technically not getting the maximum amount of power needed for your pedal to run optimum strength. So this is why people use batteries over a 9-volt power supply is because you actually do get a slightly higher rating out of them, right? You yes. get 9.6 volts rather than 9 yes. volts. Yeah. Which is- and basically vintage pedals obviously um, use very little, but obviously none of them had a 9-volt power supply so uh, fresh batteries tend to sound bat- better in older pedals. But now the case, obviously, with uh, inbuilt transformers and voltage doubling and all sorts of crazy technical things that people can do, power supplies tend to sound better overall because they give you a more consistent power. Um, but cheap batteries always sound rubbish. So spend your money wisely. What I find funny is those um, kind of like power supplies that you have to put batteries into. And I think we saw Dan Electro doing one, but there are definitely other other brands as well that do it, which it looks like a 9-volt power supply box that sits on your pedal board. But instead of plugging it into the mains, you actually slot 9-volt batteries into it, which I just find absolutely hilarious. So strange. I I was watching, um, so I went to a gig a couple of weeks ago to see Josh Smith and Ariel Posen play, and his pedal board has a battery box underneath that powers some of his vintage fuzz pedals with 9-volt batteries. Oh, that's cool. Just um, because he prefers the sound, do you think? Or yeah, because he prefers the sound of the 9-volt batteries rather than the power supply. And some of the old pedals, like I say, either don't take batteries or with a, with a slightly higher than 9-volt 
power because I think electroharmonics power supplies are 9.6 volts. Um, but what it is, it's connected via a mains that basically just has a relay on on and off. So when you disconnect the mains, it disconnects all the batteries. Yeah. So you don't have to unplug the batteries every time that you're finished with it, which I thought was quite quite a clever little thing. But rechargeable batteries don't necessarily always work and sound different and weird. So um, it's better to just, if you are powering things on batteries, just buy decent Duracells or something. Michael, and this will, this will be the last question for tonight. Michael says, what is the best slash worst product you've seen with the most amount of snake oil? So products that have come in that are particularly memorable to you as, uh, you know, for example, a salesman coming in and saying, this is going to change your life. This thing that I've got is going to completely change your playing, change your customers playing. And you've looked at it and thought, this is utterly, utterly ridiculous. Um... Uh, let's go with who wants to start? Who's got one? I mean, J Cross is going to go for the Soundbrenner, and I'll never forget. No, no, him. I'm not at all. I'm not at all because I'm not. I mean, I've not used one. I, I, that you can you can do whatever you want with. The one for me, oh man, it is still current. Oh, I, I do go on. feel bad talking about this, but the one that I never really understood, yeah, uh, was the. Um, the grip clip. Okay, go on. What's the remember grip clip? Remember the uh, the grip clip, which is a clip that clips around your strap. Yeah. And then you clip your guitar cable in to the clip, so that you can have your guitar cable. Oh, yeah. The old grip clip behind your guitar. But I I just remember looking at it and thinking, well, why don't you just run your cable behind your strap? And the answer to that is well. Because now you can have it higher. I'm like, okay, right. I, that I, I mean, it's three quid. It is what it is. You know, you buy it, you buy it if you need to. We did have them in the shop, and I, I didn't understand it. I've got to be honest with you. I never really understood why why people. Ah, oh, damn! I was hoping this wasn't current. <laughs> yeah, no. Someone, someone's still selling them. People yeah, are still selling them. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Joe Branton, have you got one? Uh, well, there are a couple of things that kind of spring to mind. I wish I could remember the name of of one of them, but I saw it as a Kickstarter, as so many of the worst ideas yeah. are. Um, and it was uh, essentially a mitt. It was a mitt with six um, positions and. Uh, maybe maybe a sort of six by you three. Mitt, you mean like a mitten, like a glove? Yes, yes that sort of thing, almost like, like a, a glove, sort huh? of mitt. Okay. Um, and it had uh, on the on on the reverse of it, it had uh, maybe a six by three grid, and you could place these little sort of rubber stoppers anywhere amongst them. And the idea was you could form uh, cord hand shapes by moving around these little rubber stoppers and then rather than hurting your the the commercial was about you know when you learn guitar oh it hurts your fingers yeah why not use this mitt <laughs> that you can you can position for one chord and then just slap your hand over the top of it of course you could only really do it with like a, a bar yeah. shape that you could then move around sure. the neck to sort of place some things but man i remember even the video for it like it, the the guy who was demonstrating it and I was like yeah that's not even fretting properly like no. you can hear it not fretting properly so it was it was just it was super super not fit for purpose which I don't know if that's quite the same as snake oil but it's certainly a massively unnecessary product the other one and you know I've been I've been solidly sort of behind it like sort of right back since before gear of the year and when we sort of did did actually see them 
a bit at Nam was the um um stroke yes <laughs> yes I am no alcohol um no the uh the 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 one about press the one with your feet the iPad on the floor that needed oh, the printer yes yes um the poly expressive the poly expressive there we go yeah absolutely the, the one with the feet that you yeah. put on the floor <laughs> like there's no other effects pedal fits that <laughs> that definition the one yeah. with the feet that you put on the floor I mean that that for, for me like perfectly good perfectly good product it just just there were just some tweaks that they could have made for it like don't require people buying it to have to print a off a piece printer. of A3. Yeah, yeah. That, that was sort of my, my, my major. Yeah. What about you? Um, well, I was going to ask Matt, have you got one? Um, I don't know if I have Oh, really. come on, Matt. Not the jam stick. Um, not that guitar T-shirt. Uh, not lemon no, oil. But these, yeah, but these aren't things that... What are talking about? Lemon oil. Asking? Lemon oil. What, what are you talking about? Asking? Sorry, Matt. Well, I mean, I would say oh, the one that I was thinking of was: Do you remember the guitar glove? You talking about mittens there? But do you remember it was like a sleeve, a fabric sleeve you put around your guitar to protect it from getting knocked? Oh, and we had a few. Oh, yeah, I, I do remember. I was trying to think of products that people actually set define that would change your guitar playing, like actual rather than terrible accessories. Well, the reason that I'm saying that glove is because I remember the guy bringing them in and he was like, everyone's going to want one of these because, you know, you hang your guitar up on the wall at home, someone knocks into it and it gets a gets a ding. With this, it was made of wetsuit material and yeah. it was like a body glove <laughs> yeah. for the guitar. And I was like, no one, the reason that you hang a guitar on the wall is because you want to look at it as well as, you know, being able to play it. You want it to look like the guitar that you've bought, not that it's got a swimsuit on, like a little <laughs> wetsuit around it. We, we kept... Uh, we kept being asked to put the guitars that were on the wall in the guitar glove to protect them from uh, protect them from from getting knocked or whatever. And it's just like this is just bonkers. Yeah, it's oh, not. Yeah. It wasn't good. I have thought of one actually because I remember going to a Birmingham guitar show when they had a massive one at the NEC when I was about fifteen. And I remember walking up to a stand and a guy was like, how do you want, how do you fancy a pick that will change the way your guitar sounds? I went, oh, well, you know, it's kind of new to guitar. I was like, yeah. And he's like, let me introduce you to the jellyfish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, and this sounds like something I want to buy immediately. <laughs> the jellyfish was a standard pick. So like the top bit they actually held was like a standard pick, but it had 10 little bits of metal. Like, basically, imagine cutting a string down so you had a really small piece of guitar string. And they poked out the bottom, and they kind of went in a diagonal line. And the idea was that you played guitar with the jellyfish, and everything sounded like it had chorus in it because of the way the pick sounded against the strings. And he was like, sound like a 12-string, it will sound like chorus, and uh, it's a pick. And uh, I think it cost me about six quid. Oh, you bought it! Uh, yeah, of course I did. Have you, I was have 15, you still, have 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 you still got the jellyfish? Like, of course I want the jellyfish. Have you still got it? Uh, no, it's long gone. Oh, that's Although, a shame. saying that, maybe if it still exists, maybe I could buy one. Unbelievable. I have just oh, found one. If you Google it, you can yeah. Google jellyfish pick. Jay Cross, um, you've got one more um, aquatic-themed uh, product that you want to bring to the table. I can see it on your screen right now. <laughs> yeah, it was just after Matt 
talked about the jellyfish that I remembered. Uh, so about, it wasn't long after I started working in the shop. This is probably 2010. Uh, somebody, uh, Planet Waves brought out this this product called the Squid, yeah, which was a shoulder <laughs> pad that you put over the top of your guitar strap, and uh, it just added a little bit of extra comfort and a little bit of extra padding to your guitar strap. It was to stop it sliding and around. And also, yeah, so it was called the Squid because it had these little uh circle sucker looking things Suck- it was it had suckers and uh it, it was to stop it from sliding around as mark says and we we had one of the squid we had one in the shop and we had it for ages and <laughs> for years like for it was it was three years it was so years. long we had it in the shop for absolutely ages and um it, it was just sort of a running joke we would all try and sell the squid and nobody ever wanted to buy the squid and then one day someone came in and I, I seem to remember Mark, you and I were behind the till. I think I was, <clears> yeah. I think we were there and this 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 person came in and they said, "Listen, I've got uh I've got a, a bit of a shoulder problem and I really like playing my Les Paul and uh it's just it's just too it's just uh, I really love my Les Pauls and uh they've got this shoulder problem and it's, they're just too heavy. Have you got anything that can help me?" And I went, "You know what? <laughs> my friend, do you know what I've got for you?" Let me let me show you. And I was so excited. I got the squid down and uh, I, I, I showed it to the customer and I said, have a look at this. This is the squid. What this does is it just takes away all that pressure. Takes And the, the guy was like, oh, wow. What? This is I can't believe it. This is this is what I've all this is what I need. This is what I need in order to play. And I was like, amazing! I can't believe it. We finally found exactly the person for this product. The guy went, ah, oh, that's, that's amazing. He went, oh, I've got to have two. And I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid we've we've only got one. And he went, oh, I'm gonna have to leave it then. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, well. No, because you can just. Why, why have you got to leave it? And he was like, "Well, I can't. I just. I've got two I less pulls. I need two. And I went, "But it goes over the strap, so you can just chop and change." And he went, "No, nah, listen. If you've only got one, I'm. I'm just gonna have to leave it." <laughs> <laughs> he walked out, and we were left with the squid. And I. Oh man, the that squid was, is probably squid. That was a mad, mad day. I bet it's still there to this day. Wow, maybe. Squid. With that, we should wrap up this podcast. Thank you for listening this week. If you want to hear more, as we said earlier in the pod, we are going to go and talk about the current top end of the Gibson catalogue um, over on patreon.com uh, forward slash guitar nerds. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. At the $5 a month tier, you get an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds content every week as well as access to uh, series mini series like Joe Branton's Rant On um, and also some exclusive interviews as well um, and at the $10 tier you get added to our executive producer uh, list which Joe Branton will read every week or he'll attempt to in one breath, one breath. the more names that we get on there the harder it gets for him Not for the me. funnier it gets for everyone um, and you get the prestige of having your name squeaked out by Joe running out of breath after doing it for a minute or so Can can I make a request this okay. week? Could you do the backing track further away from the mics? I feel it's... Uh, no. I, th- I, th- I don't feel no. people are getting their money's worth. I don't think people can hear I my... mean, it's because you do it in a stupid voice every week. Just well, do it in okay. a normal voice. I will orate as well as possible, <laughs> Mark Packham. I thought but... you were going to say that. You were going, orate, I'm going to do it. <laughs> 
Um, what song are we doing? Uh, I don't know. I feel like we should do Rock Lobster to carry on in the uh, tune, but uh, I forgot. Something by Fleetwood Mac. <coughs> Emery James Baker, Christopher Renzer, Jane Omar, Matt Roberts, Dame Lee, Derek Pritchard, Martin Cliff, Matt Davis, Aaron Sherman, Ray Wyatt, Jake Gray, Christopher Lotion, Juan Garrier, Scott Kennedy, Robin Smith, Rob Norwick, Rob Grant, Derek Ritz, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Connors, Manchester, Steve Michael, Blair, Tom, Ron Cross, Brad Page, Katie Short, Adam McKenzie, Laurie, and Jensen, Gary Paul, Corrigan, Matt Cryan, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Phil Thompson, Moore, Gary Collin, and us The more sober he gets, the like more he's going to be able to do every week. He's going to be out running soon and like doing fitness stuff. Unbelievable. If you want to join in the conversation, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. You can also follow us on Twitter at Guitar Nerds and Instagram at Guitar Nerds. And you can see the video content that we do at youtube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds videos. Thanks very much. If you want more Gibson content, do check out the Patreon. And if not, we will see you next week. Thanks, gang. Bye. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.